Hello, everybody, and welcome to Don't Burst My Bubble with me, your host, Josh Ascroft. In today's episode of the show, we're going to be breaking down the Trail Blazers win over the Grizzlies in that play-in tournament. The Blazers officially have the eight seed, and we now know every team that is entering the NBA playoffs in the bubble. Other than that, we'll be talking about the uh, first games, first round matchups that we'll be seeing on Monday and Tuesday, as well as all the other breaking news that you need to know from around the NBA. So without further ado, let's get right into it. This is Don't Burst My Bubble. Okay, so we'll start the show today by talking about the fact that the Trailblazers have got the eight seed. They beat the Grizzlies in what was a thrilling game, a really close one, actually. Um, a really good performance by the Grizzlies to try and hang on in this one, but ultimately the experience of the Trailblazers was just able to win out. After the first quarter, the Blazers were up 31-19, to and I thought the game was as good as over. I thought, oh, okay, well, the Blazers have come out to play here today. They're not messing around. They're getting the game done early. But then in the second and third quarter, the Grizzlies significantly outscored the Blazers, outscoring them 33-27 to in the second, and most notably 42-31 to in the third. And it came from a phenomenal performance by John Morant, who had 35 points, which was a career high, and 8 assists. They also had 22 points and 17 rebounds from Valanchunas, 20 points from Dylan Brooks, 20 points from Brandon Clark off the bench. So really a great all-round performance by the Grizzlies. Uh, They stuck to their game plan. They played their basketball. They played really tough. They worked hard on defense. There was more defense in this game than I thought there was going to be. But ultimately, the experience of the Trailblazers is what uh, led them to be able to win. It was 31 points and 10 assists from Damian Lillard with 29 points from C.J. McCollum, with a lot of those points coming down the stretch. C.J. McCollum in particular uh, was fantastic in the clutch, as was Carmelo Anthony, who had 21 points. He hit some really important ones, and they would not have won this game, and I cannot stress this enough, without the performance from Yusuf Nurkic, who had 22 points and 21 rebounds. One thing I do want to talk about um, as well is just how many minutes these Trailblazers players play. So Damian Lillard played 45 minutes yesterday. CJ McCollum played 44 minutes yesterday. Yusuf Nurkic played 41. Carmelo played 38. And Gary Trent Jr. played 35. I thought it was interesting that Zach Collins only played 7 minutes. But anyway, the, the point that I'm trying to make is it's crazy how many minutes the Trailblazers, like, starters play. And usually, I mean, I get it, this was a a really important win for them, as CJ McCollum said they didn't want to play today, so they they had to get that game done so that they had some break before their first game of the playoffs started, but wow, these Blazers guys are, are tired, they have not had really any opportunity to rest up, they have... They've been battling every single game to ensure that they're able to put themselves in this position. And I think that it it will have some lasting effects. I think that they need to... I mean, I'm sure that they have a great medical team. But I think that these guys need to just rest until their game on Tuesday. Their game one against the Lakers. 
if I if I were them, I wouldn't have any practices. Maybe have you know a walk around practice tomorrow. Uh, just very basic shooting around stuff. I I have my hats off to them because they've they've played astoundingly well um, since the restart began. But the Lakers are going to be thoroughly more rested. And on one side of things, Portland, uh, you know, they've got all uh, cylinders firing at this point. They are fully rolling. The Lakers, as we talked about in, in previous episodes, have been fairly stagnant on offense. They don't look like the team that they were before coming into the bubble. With LeBron sort of citing that as well, they haven't turned it on yet, and they're not, they weren't emotionally ready yet because the playoffs hadn't started. So maybe we'll see a new Lakers team. But, you know, maybe that takes a game and a half to to really come about, and maybe the Trailblazers will be able to capitalize on that. I think the game one will be interesting because it'll be a tired Blazers team and a a not-in-rhythm Lakers team. So, really, I don't know who I would who I would pick right now to win at least game one of that series, but I think I might hand it to the Blazers. We'll see. But ultimately, in this game, it was very close until down the stretch. The Blazers were, you know, in, until the last few minutes of the game, still down. But CJ McCollum hit some big shots. Dame had a big three. Um, Carmelo hit a really clutch three also. And ultimately, the Grizzlies, they didn't fall apart by any means. They just weren't able to score in the same way that the Blazers were in the last few minutes of the game. I think that is... It's a fantastic, fantastic omen for the future that in a win-or-go-home situation, John Morant had a massive career high uh, with 35 points. He hadn't even made it to 32 points before, so he's he's outscored his career high significantly, played massive minutes, also had eight assists and four rebounds. So a really impressive performance by who should be the rookie of the year, Um in, in this clutch situation. So so hats off to Ja. He he had a really great game. Un- unfortunate that they weren't able to get that done and push it because who knows, maybe the Grizzlies could have pulled another one out of the bag. Okay, so before we move on and talk about our, our first series of the playoffs, let's talk about the NBA's announced seeding game awards, which were announced a few days ago, maybe a week ago now. Um, they announced that NBA media members, uh, coaches, etc., would be voting on seeding game awards. So these are awards specifically for these eight games that we've had in the bubble. So there's a first team, a second team, uh, a coach of the seeding games, and an MVP. So let's kick things off with the, the all-seeding games first team, which was Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Damian, uh, Damian Lillard, James Harden, and TJ Warren. The second team it was Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kawhi Leonard, Kristaps Porzingis, Karis LeVert, and Michael Porter Jr. I absolutely agree with both these first and second teams. I thought that it's interesting that for these seeding game teams, they're not requiring any specific positions as we see in the All-NBA teams where you have to have two guards, two forwards, and a center. Whereas in in these seeding game awards, they've just been like, it's, it's whoever. It's whoever you thought was the best. They're the ones who get in. So the first team, I think Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, I, I think it all makes sense that, that they're on there. I think TJ Warren 
you know, he had his really good stretch. Seemed like he he had fallen off a little bit by the by the end of these seeding games. It'll be interesting to see in that first round matchup against the Heat whether TJ Warren is able to continue to deliver or whether this was sort of just a flash in the pan moment where he got really on fire for a for a good few games, but now will be unable to replicate that. That'll be interesting to watch. I'm not certain that he has it in him. I think that he'll probably return to sort of 15 points a game, which is still very valuable to the Pacers, but definitely leaves them with a gap of someone to score 25 to 30 points a night. Who knows? Maybe Victor Oladipo will be able to pick up the slack on that. But if not, I, I think that they could struggle on the on the scoring front on that side of the ball. As for the second team, I mean, it's kind of outrageous that how many of these players weren't on the first team in a way, like Giannis, Kawhi. You'd think that those were the, the sort of guys who would be making the first team, but no, and I think the second team actually does fit them. I think uh, given how the seeding games worked, Giannis didn't get to play all the games. He also only played like 30 minutes a game because that's what he usually does. So I think it makes sense that uh, there were more important players to their teams in these seeding games than him, so that makes sense. Uh, Paul Zingas, so two Mavs players, the the only team to have uh, multiple players uh, in the both the first team and the second team. No other team was able to do that, so hats off to the Mavericks on that. Karis LeVert, really nice uh, for him to get some respect, I suppose, for the way that he's been playing for the Nets, because the Nets were actually surprisingly good through these seeding games. They will likely be swept in the first round of the playoffs by the Raptors. I, I don't really see them winning a game there, but um, good for Karis LeVert and good for Michael Porter Jr. too, even though he does not believe uh, in the coronavirus, amongst other things. You know, played good basketball, so well done to him. Coach of the seeding games was Monty Williams, of course, for the Phoenix Suns as they went 8-0. and Very impressive. Uh, nothing more to say on that. I, yeah, great job coaching. Uh, you clearly did the best job. No, you know, your team didn't lose a single time, so no complaints there. And then the Kia NBA player of the seeding games was Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers, who averaged a, a pretty crazy 37.6 points a game and 9.6 assists. Um, they went 6-2 and two and also won their last three games with Dame scoring 51, 61, and 42. So... Pretty, pretty fantastic performance from Dame. There were some people who were saying that, you know, Devin Booker should have won this uh, with the Suns going 8-0. Uh, and Some people saying TJ Warren should have won because of the, the scoring that he put out. I actually do, I think that Damian Lillard was the right guy. I think that realistically, out of those players, Damian Lillard is the most grounded star, so to speak. He is without a doubt, an MVP caliber guy. And I think that while the Suns did have a great record, you know, technically they won two more games than the Blazers, they weren't facing the exact same competition. And that's not to say that the Suns didn't have impressive wins. They did. But they also did have several games where top players weren't playing against them, where everything just sort of went their way, and I'm not sure that it was always because of Devin Booker. He, of course, had that crazy shot against the Clippers, and I, I think that that will forever be attached to his name now, and I think that he will have a newfound level of respect within um, 
the media members as well as people at home because I think the NBA players actually have a great deal of respect for Devin Booker and have seen that for a long time, but a lot of people have cited the fact that he hasn't been able to lead his team to win games. He can put up big numbers, but he's not necessarily the guy who's actually contributing major wins to the team. So I think that that certainly helps his reputation there. But I think Damian Lillard, you just can't deny the fact that he has willed his team into the playoffs. And I don't think they would have done it without Nurkic or without CJ either. But I, I don't think you can deny that Damian Lillard is the life behind that team. He willed them into that eight spot, pushed past Memphis, and now here they are with the potential to upset the Lakers in the first round. For the vo uh, voting results, it's actually interesting. So Dame was the unanimous MVP. He had 22 first place votes. So it was without a doubt Damian Lillard in, in the number one spot. Devin Booker then had the next number of votes, and then TJ Warren, followed by Luka, followed by James Harden. Uh, as for the the all-seeding game first team, the top three guys, Damian Lillard, Devin Booker, and Luka, were all tied with the exact same number of points to make that first team. Okay, so now we know that the, the table is set, so to speak, we know who's playing who in the NBA playoffs. It has begun, or it begins Monday. Who's excited? I know I am. So the first games we have looking forward to are Jazz Nuggets, Nets Raptors, Sixers Celtics, and Mavs Clippers. Followed by, on Tuesday, Magic Bucks, Heat Pacers, Thunder Rockets, and Blazers Lakers. So some incredibly exciting first round series coming up here's the ones that i think are going to be the most exciting to watch 76ers celtics right now you have a depleted 76ers squad ben simmons is out the team has been in shambles all year when we came into this year people thought this Sixers team absolutely has a chance to win the east they massively disappointed through the regular season falling into the sixth seed spot with these same issues continue like continuously affecting them not enough spacing. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid get in each other's way. There aren't enough shooters on the floor. They come into the seeding games claiming that they have a solution to these issues. We're going to put Shake Milton at the point guard position. Ben Simmons is moving to his natural spot at the, at the point forward, the power forward. Ben Simmons is going to live there now. It's going to solve all of our issues. And guess what? It didn't. They were terrible on defense, which is the one thing the 76ers should be good at. They have an all-NBA defense in defensive-level player in Ben Simmons. Joel Embiid can also be a great defender when he wants to be. They've got huge length. Matisse Thibel is a great defender, too. But they look awful on defense. They don't know what they're doing. Ben Simmons is now out injured. And if they have any hope of winning that series, Joel Embiid is going to have to play like an absolute man-possessed. And the reason that this is such an interesting series and why the Celtics, I don't think, will just be able to run away with it is that they don't have a defensive presence to take on Joel Embiid. If Joel, like, if the Sixers are going to win this series, Joel Embiid is going to need to average like 30 and 15, maybe 30 and 20 if he can. But the Celtics just have so much fun scoring in a kind of positionless basketball. They have Campbell Walker, Jason Tate, and Jalen Brown. 
Gordon Hayward, Marcus Smart. Some great three-point shooting on that team. The question really for them is, can Kemba Walker remain healthy? Because if he can, then they have so much scoring. And with the way the 76ers have been defending, I'm not sure that they'll be able to do anything about that. But do they have the personnel to guard Joel Embiid? Because it's not going to be Enes Kanter, that's for sure. Daniel Tice will have to play some big minutes there. I wonder even if they'll be bold enough to try and throw Marcus Smart on Joel. We'll have to see, but that's going to be a really fun first-round matchup. Mavericks Clippers will also be fun. You've got the best offense statistically in NBA history from the Mavericks going up against two of the best wing defenders in the NBA uh, in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, not to mention the incredible defense of Patrick Beverly. So it'll be interesting to see whether the Clippers are able to fully restrict Luka Doncic. But what I'm most excited about for this series is the fact that we're going to see playoff Luka for the very first time. This is the kid who, in Europe, won European championships at age 17, 18. The best player in the league in Europe. He has experience in playoff situations. And I think that's what people are sort of counting out for the Mavericks, is that, oh, well, they haven't been here before. And that's, that's true to an extent. Luka hasn't been in the NBA playoffs. But he has been in incredibly high-stress situations in games. I don't think that Luka is going to fall apart, as, as so many young guys do in their first attempt at a playoff run. And this isn't me saying that I think the Mavericks are going to win. I don't think that. I think likely the Mavs will maybe be beaten in five games. I think that there's potential that they could push it to six. But this is the Clippers team who are an absolute matchup nightmare for them. So the Mavericks are going to be, have to be playing their best basketball. They're going to have to be taking those good open looks when they get to them. Luka is going to have to continue to play an, an MVP level. Porzingis is going to be scoring 30 points a night if they have any hope of walking away with wins from these games. And critically... The last few possessions of games, they cannot have Luka Doncic just shooting crazy step-back threes. He needs to drive to the basket, create contact, or dish it out to open guys on the three-point line. Other than that, I think the Trailblazers-Lakers is going to be a, a great series for the reasons that I listed previously. Can the Trailblazers continue on this fantastic run, and can the Lakers get going? And who on the Trailblazers is going to contain Anthony Davis, because... I don't know who it is. Thunder Rockets is going to be such a fun series. You've got Chris Paul, formerly of the Rockets, going up against his former teammate in James Harden. You've got Russell Westbrook, who has been with the Thunder for his entire career until this last offseason when he was traded for Chris Paul to come to the Rockets. You've got the, the small ball lineup uh, with the Rockets of Daniel House Jr., James Harden, uh, Russell Westbrook, Robert Covington. Going up against the three-point guard lineup that has been the best clutch lineup in the entire NBA of Shea, Gilgis, Alexander, Dennis Schroeder, and Chris Paul. So not only will that be an emotionally highly investable series, but also just in terms of matchups, that's so weird to have two teams who just don't play traditional basketball going up against each other. So that'll be a great one to watch. And finally, heat paces. You've got TJ Warren and his beef with Jimmy Butler. They are going to be battling it out, this young core of the Heat, who have Jimmy Butler as their leader, Ken, ba Ken Bam Adebayo, Ken Bam, there we go, Ken Bam Adebayo, step up, 
and continue to play at this great level that he's played all season? Can he continue that in the playoffs? Can Duncan Robinson continue to be an elite three-point shooter? Because that will be critical for the Heat chance of victory. Can Andre Iguodala step up and finally play this playoff-level defense we've been hearing so much about from him? And then on the Pacers' side of the ball, you know, Sabonis likely not going to be playing. How healthy can Victor Oladipo stay? What can Malcolm Brogdon do? And can TJ Warren continue playing at an all-seeding game first-team level? All questions we're going to have answered in this first round of the playoffs. I didn't mention Magic Bucks. I think the Bucks could sweep the Magic without Giannis even playing a minute for the entire series. Nets Raptors, I think likely the Raptors will walk away with a sweep there. And then finally, there's Jazz Nuggets. And I think that these are two teams that are often just seen as, that. well, they're good competitors in the regular season, but when it comes to the playoffs, they kind of fall apart. I think the Nuggets will likely be able to dominate the Jazz. I think that the Jazz might walk away with maybe one game. I just think that the Jazz have no presence on offense, and I think that with the the size and length of the Nuggets, they're just going to be able to exploit the Jazz, really, on, on both ends of the floor. So I think that likely I can see the Jazz walking away with a game, maybe two, I think the Nuggets likely win that series in five or six games. So that's going to do it for today's episode of Don't Bust My Bubble. I will be back tomorrow for a very quick episode because, you know, I don't have any basketball to talk about today, which is the first time that's happened in a while. But I will be back tomorrow to give you your daily injury report for those first games so you know everything you need to know before you get to watch these these game ones of the NBA playoffs. I can't believe we're really here I can't believe the NBA has pulled this off. Congratulations to them for managing to keep up a safe environment for players to be to be playing in. But I will give you all of the information you need to know. Any last-minute injury updates, any last-minute players coming in out of nowhere, you will be first to know about it. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Don't Bust My Bubble. I will speak to you tomorrow.